0: Six days of rioting in a Negro section of Los Angeles, left behind scenes reminiscent of war-torn cities.
1: More than a hundred square blocks... The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. When I leave, you remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am... A revolutionary.
0: And you're going to have to keep on saying that.
1: You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. C. In order to fight, fight the power that be Fight the power And they ain't got no AC Walmart distribution Fire my homie He just had a baby You wonder why it's been so many B&Es lately Why brothers from the hood Shooting like this is TNT lately And since all the ballers Leaving college early I turn on the TV And don't see no brothers With degrees lately Are we all alone Fighting on our own
2: What's happening? I'm writer,
3: researcher, and professor, Dr. Regina Bradley. I'm music journalist, Christina Lee. From WABE and PRX, this is Bottom of the Map, taking hip-hop conversation in a new direction.
2: Today we are playing around with this idea of hip-hop as a form of protest especially as it connects to the south right um, because you know most folks think about the civil rights movement for example they automatically go to the south they probably go to particular places whether it's here in the a or to a Birmingham or to a Selma one of the things I first think about with music as protest out of the south is actually um, coming from the freedom singers Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, so like Bernice Johnson Reagan and this, you know, Ruth and Mae Harris, right? Like they got together, they were at Albany State, um, and they got together and started doing these songs. And, you know, that kind of opened up this window for how does music help us think about the South as this transitioning space for protest?
3: Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. In
2: ways that, you know, hip hop picks up where that type of music left off one of the things I often tell my students when I'm teaching about um, this idea of like post-civil rights era and all I mean by that is like the historical period. If we have indeed reached the mountaintop that Dr. King prophesied about then the mountaintop ain't flat. And I think Mm -hmm. that music is a way to navigate that terrain because um, if like gospel and blues and r&b was presenting the south in this particular way whether you're listening to like and i'm thinking immediately of, of like stacks records okay yeah so like isaac hayes and the folks coming out of memphis you know what yeah, i'm saying right that presented the south in this particular um we shall like the whole idea of we shall overcome mm-hmm. then i feel like hip-hop picks up after that and it's like yo like we we made huge strides during the movement however mm-hmm. let's put a pin in that and also speak to those issues and concerns that um, one, they probably couldn't foresee at the time. Sure, sure, sure. But also like, you know, the civil rights movement didn't fix everything, everything, right? So I think like Southern hip hop is rooted in this idea of generational tension Mm -hmm. between younger and older Southerners who are like, where do we go from here? If we're on the mountaintop, where do we go from here? And, of course, the first place we stop on this mountaintop that ain't flat is booty shake.
3: (laughs) It only makes
2: sense. It only makes sense. Pleasure and pain. And I'm thinking about Luke, Luke Campbell. Yes. That
3: whole, like... Supreme Court thing that he had going on in the 90s? Listen, man, okay. No, for those who don't understand, you know, two live crew basically fought for our First Amendment rights. They did. They wanted to shake ass and tell you that they was watching folks shake ass. Well, the first reason why they were initially sent to court was, was over the matter of a remake that they had done of Oh, Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. They were arguing for the fact that, you know, parody is fair use. Ah. So that was actually their first thing. But then, of course, um, there was all the hoobaloo over whether these records are actually as (laughs) hoobaloo. Okay. Yep. Talking about the (laughs) hoobaloo. Over whether their records were too obscene to actually be put onto shelves. So censorship. Censorship. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is a matter of the First Amendment. And, you know, their case made all the way to the Supreme Court.
2: Yo, so they go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is having this trial going But, like, here's what's crazy. Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Yes. Was one of their, quote, like, it was kind of like a, how do you be a character witness when there really ain't no character? It's like. Oh, explain. So it was like at the time, Dr. Gates was, you know, he was fresh off of um, his first book, which is Game Changer, which is Signifying Monkey that came out in 1989. Um, And like, you know, he was anti-hip hop. He wasn't rocking with it. You weren't going to hear no hip hop in his car. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But he was like, I understand the first right first amendment rights and kind of going through that so he was actually their witness he was two live crews witness about why they should be allowed to wow not be censored in this particular Mm -hmm. way and they won the case the first amendment gave us freedom of speech to so what you're saying it didn't include me i like to party and have a good time there's nothing but pleasure
0: written in our rhymes i know you don't think we'll ever quit we got some people on our side that won't take your lip we're gonna do all the things we want to do you can't stand to see a brother get as rich as you this is the 90s and we're coming on strong saying things and doing things that you're saying's wrong Wise up because on election day we'll see who's banned in the usa
3: If two live crew hadn't won that case on behalf of hip-hop, hip-hop records wouldn't have been able to make shells. period. Mm. You know, like, the likes of Tipper Gore could argue, like, hey, you know, this record is too obscene, we can't sell that shit. America had done survived rock and roll, it had done survived everything else, but, like, when hip-hop comes crawling, it's like, oh, shit, well, <laughs> now we gotta ban some records. Now we gotta arrest these record store owners for actually selling this stuff.
2: Yeah, and I mean like, you know, ironically, that fight for the Supreme Court can be put into that lineage of civil rights protests that comes out of the South. There's
3: I mean, nothing ironic about it. It's just that it happens to involve some ass, that's it. I
2: mean, you know, ass matters, folks. This is
1: America. We have the right to say what we wanna say. We have the right to do what we wanna do. And what I do in my house, you might not do in your house. So what I do in my house is my business. And the simple fact of it all that we are bonded by the First Amendment. We have the freedom of expression. We have the freedom of choice. And you, Chinese, black, green, purple, Jew, you have the right to listen to whoever you want to and even to the...
2: Even, like, with, like, Lou Campbell and this idea of censorship and the right to, to self-profess and this idea of moving away from that, I mean, like, protest in hip-hop was already going on, right? So, like, mm. that's mm-hmm. probably one of your earliest introductions to hip-hop, and especially in that golden age of hip-hop, is this idea of protest, whether you're talking about, like, Gil Scott Heron, for example, which a lot of sure. folks would say is, like, the predecessor for yes. for hip-hop, Godfather right? and all um, that. Yeah, like, the revolution will not be televised, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then you get into, like, Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five.
1: It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under.
2: Yeah, so I mean like you have all of these folks who are speaking to these social, cultural, political concerns. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you get public enemy.
1: 1989, the number, another summer. Sound of the funky drummer, music hitting your heart, cause I know I you got soul. This hey. Hey. Listen if you're missing y'all, swinging while I'm singing, hey. giving what you're getting, knowing what i knowin'. knowing, while the black band sweating in the rhythm I'm rolling. Gotta give us what we want, uh. gotta give us what we need.
3: They whole goddamn <laughs> discography. I know. We can just narrow it down to one specific So record. before we knew Flavor Flav
2: for Clocks and Miss New York and, you know. Flavor of Love, just spell it out for the people. Fla- look, Flavor of Love was my go-to ratchet. Every week I have my little dose of ratchet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was the go-to. You know, mm-hmm. Flavor of Love was the go-to. But I mean, like, you know, before all of that, you have them, you know, talking about these issues and concerns so whether it's like fear of a black planet and folks will probably most be familiar with fear of a black planet because of you know that go-to anthem fight the power of course right
3: yes like
2: spike lee is already all black everything you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but he was like no 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 we're gonna like (laughs) step it up a notch and be like this is what black protests can look like after that era of civil rights that took place in the 1950s and 1960s. Right, right. And um, that video comes to mind also along with the lyrics. Is oh, like, yeah. The one
3: invoking were, the Million Man March, Yeah,
2: right? you know, they in Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it is just folks is like with fists in the air, uh-huh. and you got the radio. I mean, like, it again symbolizes that significance of music for, for black folks to articulate their frustrations, to mm-hmm. talk about their concerns and yeah, being able to, you know, go there. I mean, like, and fight the power isn't there only one. I'm like, you got 911 as a joke. Get in
1: Manchester, dissect They the things that they swing imputation. Lose your arms, to limit compilation. I can prove it to you, watch the rotation. Ball acts up to a fucking situation. So get up get, get, get down. 911 is joking, no town. Get up and get, get, get down.
2: So then you get into like the early 90s and then probably one of the most um pivotal moments of the 90s in terms of protest and resistance will probably be you know the la riots rodney king
0: the beating was captured of course on that now infamous home video 13 months ago los angeles mayor tom bradley we saw him just moments ago is one of those calling the verdict an outrage though he has been appealing for calm nonetheless as we can see in these live pictures from kcal tv in south central los angeles there has been looting and violence and arson in South Central Los Angeles.
2: When you get to the issue of Rodney King in 1991, when he was beaten in 1991, and then uh, the police officers who've beaten him were put on trial in 1992, you already have Fuck the Police in the background that's already like a warning, a foreshadow. Like, shit is bad.
0: Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown. And not the other color so police think. To kill a minority. Fuck that shit, cuz I ain't the one. For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a sale. Fucking with me, cuz I'm a teenager. With a little bit of gold and a pager. Searching my car, looking for the product. Thinking
1: every nigga is selling narcotics.
2: So when N.W.A. comes out with Straight Outta Compton in 1988 and fuck the police, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, it wasn't just, oh, I'm young. I don't like, you know, authority. Let me just say fuck the police. No, I mean, like they were actually talking to the police brutality against these working class communities in Southern California that can be historically connected to the Watts riots. And then you get to, you know, the Willie D. (laughs) <laughs> From the ghetto boys Who was like Okay so Rodney King Is like you know They don't They don't get charged They don't they, They're acquitted Like the police officers Are acquitted And then Rodney King Is like you know Can't we all just get along
3: And Willie D said Fuck Rodney King That's the name of the track And I'm just like Ooh sir
0: Fuck Rodney King And his ass When I see the motherfucker I'm a blast. Boom in his head Boom boom in his back Just like that Cause I'm tired of You good little niggas standing the to peace And let the violence cease When a black man Built this country But
1: can't get here For the pr- does
2: not mince words he he was big man he was was big man he was like why I mean ultimately he was like why is it that you feel like you have to ask for like ask these folks for forgiveness make these concessions you know a concession he's like they whooped your ass Mm -hmm. why it makes me think about protest and hip-hop how we deal with rage okay like anger uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? How does that play that play out? Because if you think about um, the civil rights movement for ex and, and the civil rights movement and the, the black power movement, and oftentimes folks try to put them separate from each other, but the reality of it was it were happening at the same time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No, that's good to know. But the other thing is too is that folks like to fall into those camps to make them like binaries. I mean, like, to make them opposites. So it's like the Civil Rights oh. Movement. Oh, you wear your Sunday's best. You're a pacifist. You want peace. You don't yes. want to hurt white folks. You just want them to accept you.
0: I'm gonna be too busy That's the problem with the black folks. I always wanna the... And
2: then
3: on the opposite side of that, allegedly, you have the black power folks, the black nationalist folks. Who are always depicted as like very militant, you know, very um, unforgiving. They
2: take the uniforms of the Black Panther Party, right? The berets, the leather, you know, the sunglasses, um, the by any means necessary. Like folks don't complicate what that means. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm -hmm. And I mean, like they're in conversation with each other. One of the things I really want to emphasize in this episode is that protest isn't necessarily just politically Influence. It's also like that idea of social change on a personal level mm-hmm. and a community level and mm-hmm. not necessarily the ways that we have been presented to, you know.
3: No, yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of times when people think about protest songs, they think about this what's going to be the soundtrack to the march and they think about like ah. they're being like a direct call to action i think is most of the times so they're looking to these artists for answers mm-hmm. whereas all the time like first of all that's so much to ask of anybody but right. then like of course you know these artists are also allowed to kind of like process their feelings so exactly. i think your point is a really great one
2: yeah i mean like i think it's just important like you were saying like these are human beings folks have multiple ranges of feelings it's just like what gets documented versus mm-hmm. what the reality is mm-hmm. um sometimes they don't line up in the in the same topic away When you think about southern hip hop, a lot of it is is protest on on a couple of levels. One is I have a voice that's being marginalized in mainstream by coastal hip hop. Okay. That I need to fight to get to be heard.
3: Fighting for representation, yeah. yes. So, I
2: mean, like, you know, when when Andre says the South got something to say, you know, he didn't say... Atlanta got something to say. He said the South. The South with an F. The South got something to say, which allowed folks to speak to their experiences where they were. And I also think that we can complicate that even further because it's like what Southerners who live in urban areas have to say is different than rural areas, than small town areas. The work is different. You know what I'm saying? The connection is a little bit different. Um, a little bit different, mm-hmm. but you know, certain songs come to mind for me when I think okay. about you know Southern hip hop As protest. Yeah, um, of course I think about Goody Mob, free, free. Oh, so what exactly is Goody Mob protesting with free when he says he's so? Tired? Oh man, cause it's so hard living this life of constant struggle each and every day. And every day.
1: Some wonder why I'd rather die than to
2: for me it sounds like it's a prayer right I mean like you know you have CeeLo who has this deacon backwards deacon you know mm-hmm.
1: the truth does no one seems to really know but I won't accept that this is how it's gonna be therefore you got to let me and my people go cause I wanna
2: be free that adamant but i won't accept this is how it's gonna be Mm -hmm. you know so so like being able to speak to progress Mm -hmm. um and also speak to like those challenges of just trying to get through the day like protest isn't just like this larger collective movement sometimes protest is you fighting to see another day and i think that that's what you know free ultimately talks about um and then also like how it ends with like you know you got to let me and my people go mm-hmm. which is very much negro spiritual mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and being able to continue that work right that those spirituals set forth for folks who are trying to literally literally yeah. get free
3: once we're deep into the obama administration mm-hmm. i feel like this is when we're starting to see one case after another of police brutality of black folks getting shot, of black children getting shot. Yeah, right? we know of when seventeen year old Trayvon Martin died at the hands there is of George growing
0: George... outrage tonight after an unarmed African American teenager was shot and killed by police in the St. Louis suburb of Ferguson, Missouri.
3: Garner's death sparked mass protests in New York City and across the country over police use of force on unarmed black men. Garner's last...
0: a grand jury today declined to indict two white Cleveland police officers in the shooting death of 12-year-old Tamir Rice. Rice was shot in November of last... Philando
3: Castile was shot when his car was pulled over for a traffic stop last July.
0: Girl...
1: Oh, my... Do not you move. I'm gonna shoot you in your f***ing head, you hear me? Don't you f***ing move!
3: I feel like there is a wave of hip-hop that didn't come not not necessarily immediately after Trayvon Martin, but once the number of victims really started piling up, and once we're saw, seeing this happen like on our timelines, we're seeing a number of folks like react, whether they're from the trap or not. So that's how you get Ti's Warzone, right? Yes. Yeah, that Ooh. video is so evocative, right? Very powerful. Yeah. So basically, he's like reenacting a couple of notable deaths, but with white victims instead of black victims, just to kind of show that, like, you know. Just to emphasize the fact that it was a tragedy.
1: They IP a clan rally day before, but they mean What they say a suicide, I say a genocide. Hey, what you got a gun for, but you ain't finna ride? They run up on you like bad root that you finna hide. That the difference between us. I'd die to save a million lives. Appointed leader when nobody couldn't think of shit. I'd be a martyr of my great granddaughter benefit. Lincoln, the of
2: somebody else that you know comes to mind for me
3: is uh might not be okay have you heard that oh of course well i first i saw the bet awards performance yeah. that big crit gave uh well of course like kenneth william is in there as well because uh, he's from tennessee Tennessee what I'm sorry Tennessee
2: <laughs> I will be, be telling on myself I will be telling on myself sometimes on this show
3: Tennessee <laughs> but that but that song is relatable as well right because it speaks to this idea that sometimes you just don't have the answers Big Crit is responding to that in particular it's like we're starting to really kind of get in the weeds of all that and I think it's really powerful that he felt okay saying he, that he didn't have an answer and that he could just let his frustration out
1: Black folk been dying and they gon' keep dying. Police been firing and they gon' keep firing. The government been lying and they gon' keep lying. Propaganda news channels, that shit is all for show. Camophone videos, is like all we know. Diluting what an eyewitness might really say. Cause the whole world saw a murder yesterday. Now your account ain't what it used to be. According to them, your eyes can't adjust to the violence you ain't used to see. Police brutality is all in your mind. And the tactics that they use only look worse and rewind. And people die every day, you should get used to it. Hands behind your back, face down, and still say you shooting. Can't breathe, me where your neck be like, why you moving? Kids in your car headed home like, what you doing? Like, why you chillin'? Fuck your feelings Why you smiling when I'm so serious I ain't patrolling your space Like why you living Stop asking questions Why you filming You look suspicious. I think you dealing Step out the car Fit the description Someone I feel I need a killing Blood on the curb I need a it. Another civilian Another not guilty Another d Another rap lyric Another life
0: gone I can't forgive it I won't tell you It's gonna be over Hey, players, this
2: Peaches, and you listening to the Bottom of the Map podcast right here in ATL. Yeah, boy. Clearly, we got to go to like the go to because this is arguably the anthem of the current Black Lives Matter movement, which is All Right.
3: Oh, man. Okay. So the thing about Kangelic Lamar is all right, and the reason why it comes up in this conversation is because Pharrell himself has production credit, and Kwan K.P. Prather, who you K. may kn- who you may know from formative uh, Dungeon Family Group, you know, parental advisory, mm-hmm. he has a songwriting credit. World, like, where do we
1: go, Nigga, And we hate kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I met the preachers, though My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright What right. you want? You a house, you a car 40 acres and a mule, a piano, a guitar, anything See, my name is Lucy the fucker you can live with the mall i can see the evil i can tell it i know it's illegal i don't think about it i deposit every other zero thinking of my partner put the candy painted on no rico digging in my pocket in a profit big enough to feed you every day my logic get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your chico ah! i don't talk about it be about it every day i see cool if i got it then you
3: Here's the thing about Kendrick Lamar's All Right. Like, mm-hmm. we have this song, and then we have Crime Mob's Knucketh You Buck, only, you know, to say fuck Donald Trump, you know, like popping up in the protests. And like in this generation, these mm-hmm. are people protesting the Trump administration being like, fuck this, he ain't our president. Mm-hmm. And they're using uh, Kendrick Lamar's All Right. To, uh,
2: and let's be real. This was this was around when Obama was still in office too. Let's let's mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean I'm just you know not knocking the president, but right. No, no, the
1: no.
3: no <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I think looking at some of the more recent examples of Southern hip hop protest songs kind of like adds nuance to that conversation, right? Because mm. okay. We, got, we first got to go all the way back to when George Bush was president. Ooh, I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. One of the songs that stands out to me in this particular topic is Georgia Bush by Lil Wayne. He went in! Oh my gosh. So at the end of Dedication 2 you know, he is reflecting on how Hurricane Katrina has hit his hometown.
1: Bush, so what happened to the levies? Why wasn't they steady? Why wasn't they able to control this? I know some folk that live by the levies that keep on telling me they heard explosions. Same shit happened back in Hurricane Banks in 1965. I ain't too going to know this. That was President Johnson, but not it. Bush, we from a town where everybody drowned in.
3: Everybody.
2: I mean, he was, you know, and he sampled Georgia by Louis Kristen Bra- Fieldmile. I was right, like, oh, right.
3: which in itself had sampled Ray Charles. So, like, you it's know, all, it's Southern on Southern on Southern. Southern on, on Southern, Southern. Southern on Southern. And so, like, he is just demolishing the current president at the time because he was like how dare you let this happen how dare you let this happen to this american city to our american city to my city Bush. i was born
2: in a boat at the bottom of the map new Orleans baby not a white house hating, trying to wash us away
1: like we not on a map uh, wait have you heard the latest they saying that you gotta have paper if you're trying to come back niggas thinking it's a rap see we can't hustle and they trap. We ain't
3: from- mm-hmm. He's talking about how, like, he's heard of folks saying that, like, you know, there is an explosion at the levees and everything like mm. that. He is responding to what he sees as, like, neglect.
2: The neglect and also the conspiracy theories that he was like, you need to take these things more, more seriously. Absolutely. Take these threats more seriously.
3: Absolutely. So we have a searing critique. And, you know, I feel like all the discontentment surrounding the Bush administration leads to... The absolute euphoria that is G.C.'s My President. Yeah, be the realest
1: shit I never wrote. I ain't writing this uh, shit, by the way, 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 nigga. The some, way. some real I shit, right, nigga. This the realest shit you ever quote. Yo. My president is black, my limbo's blue. And I be goddamn if my ribs ain't my ribs too. too. Mama ain't your own home
2: okay so chris i don't know why you're on the front like you didn't write this washington post article titled because we cite here at bottom of the map atlanta rappers are backing stacy abrams and it all goes back to young jeezy so of course we'll have to talk about my president one because you wrote about it but two i also have an issue with it go ahead <laughs>
3: You know, last year we were coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the song My President is Black, but mm. then also like the music video in particular okay. directed by Gabriel Hart which was actually inspired by Public Enemies Fight the Power <laughs> video. But you know, the the picket signs are there are just as many for Obama as there is for a soldier limb, right? Mm. So this is taking place in front of the King Center in Atlanta, Georgia, um where Jeezy pulls up his blue Lambo, right? So Jeezy pulls up his blue Lambo to what is basically like a, you know, it's a rally. It's basically a rally that is pro-Obama. And the significance of this, honestly, was that, prior to this, Hip hop had shown a lot of discontentment towards his politicians. Mm. This had been this had become a rare example where hip hop is rallying for a politician.
2: And is and I mean like and that's really, really important what you're talking about, because mm-hmm. it's also like folks, you never expected them to really come out and say anything. Like right. you would never expect a Jeezy to be like, Y'all get out and vote.
3: Folks really weren't holding Jeezy to that sort of expectation. I think at this particular point there is a clear delineation between a conscious rapper. And a trap or die, right? Can uh, you break
2: that down for me? Yes. Okay, so you said there's a distinction between a conscious rapper and like a, a trap or die yeah. rapper. Like,
3: talk to me. I just don't think that people held Jeezy to that same expectation because he had previously had t shirts banned. At schools. You see what I'm saying? Like, he, his emblem was the angry snowman, you know, and this was supposed to be coded for like a drug dealer and things like that. And because kids were wearing these t shirts to school, he was already seen as a bad role model. He was seen as imperfect. And this is coming from somebody who hadn't previously registered to vote before, you know. So this is somebody who hadn't previously been seen as an activist of any type, but not giving him any credit as to like, oh, well, you know, like, I mean, activism can start at any part of your life. And I feel like that was the most important part. Say it one more Activism can start at any point of your life. Catch me in Las <laughs> Vegas, AR,
1: Arizona. for them real niggas. I'm winning in California, winning in Tennessee. Hands down, Atlanta. Landslide, Alabama. On my way to Savannah. My lamppost blue. Let me get.
2: Can't have this type of conversation without thinking about like the the pushback against immigration in the United States right now. Oh it is God. fucking ridiculous. You
3: know, Cap G comes to mind. Listen, tell the folks about Cap G. No, you tell the folks about Cap G. <laughs> Fine, I will. All right. So Cap G is a dope artist out of Atlanta. Um, actually, his family immigrated from from Mexico to College Park, Georgia. Um, when he was younger but then like once he started collaborating with the likes of like a Chief Keef, he gets discovered by none other than KP. KP is making
2: history out of him. Listen.
3: <laughs> first first you know he's rents a Grammy for all right. You know he's Dungeon Family royalty. But anyway. So um G is signed to Pharrell's I am other label and then last year after having already scored a gold single with Girlfriend mm-hmm. he puts out a song called Day Without a Mexican. Let's talk about like the actual sound of it. Okay. Because I think what's really interesting about "Day Without a Mexican" compared to some of the other songs that is that this is a song that you could potentially put on in a party, as in oh you like, could ride to it. You could ride to it. I think I think what Capchie kind of tr- wanted to stress was that like this could be an anthem for his community as well, which I think is its own sort of form of protest, right? Which is like instilling pride in a community that may feel down. During an administration where you know, folks would be like, "Do we? we Oh, absolutely! You know what I mean? Like, do we really need these Mexicans like in these in this country?" Yes, there is. yes. Yes, yes, folks, we do. I mean, he says yes, and he does it, you know, in a way that feels like really uplifting.
1: Get the paper. Got a bit in I low, I wear no makeup. Shit, just wanna get to know me for the paper? You know, when the heat on, we gon' be on. Ride with no AC on. In the Nissan, there's some things we don't agree on. We want freedom. Can't treat me like a peon. Can't like Leon. I got a question for the president. we been working, where the hell you been? Pull up, you better think again. What's the day without a Mexican?
2: his foot in multiple communities Mm -hmm. so it's like he's he's speaking to the hip-hop community but he's also speaking on behalf of you know mexican american folks Mm -hmm. and it's almost like he's looking at this threat of freedom whether it's freedom of speech or literally like against freedom physical freedom um and he's using that to influence what he's delivering in his
3: bars which is um really really important this particular era of protest is different from some of the other ones in that we recognize there's all these different steps and that it's an ongoing process and so with that it's like we have to pace ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves and sometimes we have to fortify ourselves and I feel like a day without a Mexican is a really great example of how you like fortify, you revive, you rejuvenate your community to move forward. What's a day
1: without a Mexican? Uh-huh. Drinking my by Do it for my mama, yeah. I do it for my papa. Get a wrist you can be a doctor. Yeah. Jump with the down your Listen to my
2: you know somebody else that really fits into this conversation if we're talking about immigration is also 21 savage oh my god like i never thought that he would be part of that conversation oh when god. they said that his people in them was from england i was like what i know i uh, I know I wasn't the
3: only one. Did you know that? Did you know that? Oh, he... no, not at all. Okay. He Look, kept out listen, no, in the nobody saw that he coming. He kept that out the streets. <laughs> uh, n- nobody saw that coming. Uh, the reason why I think 21 Savage is important to bring up in this conversation was that, well, first, the timing of his arrest yeah. was pretty uncanny. Talk to me about it. Because not even not even a couple weeks prior, he was on The Tonight Show. Right. And he performed his new single a lot. But he added a verse to this particular rendition. That, oh, had folks, that had folks thinking, is this the reason why he was arrested? Okay. He said very specifically, the gas was so off, so we had, had to
0: boil up to- the water. Been through some things, but I couldn't imagine my kids stuck at the border. Flint still need water. People was innocent, couldn't get lawyers. How much money you got? How many problems you got? How many people doubted you? Left you out to ride How many prey did you flop? How many lawyers you got? How many times you got shot? How many people you shot? How many times did you ride?
3: But the timing was particularly uncanny, to where Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was even pointing to the song after 21 Savage had gotten arrested, as if to imply, like, hey, his speaking out may be the reason why he is behind bars right now. Wow.
2: Where 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 do we where do we go from here? Like, we we've kind of given this historical conversation, but I mean, like, you know, where do we go in terms of how we continue to think about hip hop as a form of protest?
3: I think from here. I think just as the conversation around protest is becoming more nuanced, I think the conversation about hip hop as its own form of protest can continue to be nuanced as well. Mm. Um, I think over the course of hip hop history, I think we're seeing different types of voices being incorporated Mm. into that conversation. You know, uh, we're in addition to like different points of view, and I feel like the South has done its fair share to sort of emphasize that point. You know what I mean? That like. You don't have to speak like a preacher to be an activist. <laughs> I'm sorry. You d- Look, you can. You can have the cadence, and that's totally fine. You can command a crowd as such. But they don't always have to speak that way. Listen, I know your eyes bugged out, and I'm sorry. I'm Cause sorry. Because you know like,
2: who I thought about, but we're going we gonna to leave it. We go
3: ahead. Leave. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead.
2: No, no, no. I mean, like, no, it was It was more just me just fucking around. It was just like, you know, when you're talking about, like, the Deacon cadence and the Easter Sunday cadence, you know I was thinking about Tip. Not knocking the work that that man has done at all. No, but, but I, I was just, also
3: thinking about politicians as well. Oh, like, indeed, indeed. Thinking about how like Meiner Jackson would evoke like a Martin Luther King. Thinking about how Even Obama Barack always Obama. invoked, yes. always invoked the church. You know, what I'm saying I think we come to expect like our world leaders to speak in a certain way, but we also have to take in the opinions of the people.
2: But I also think that that's a good thing about these these younger folks that are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they're like, man, fuck that! Like we're gonna tell you exactly how we feel. We're not gonna put it in a suit for you to be like, this is what we think. A uh, pro- this is supposed to be this Mm -hmm. is not what we think um you know us making progress is and Mm -hmm. i think that because we're using the music to really articulate what that progress is and where it can be is Mm -hmm. a great addition to the civil rights legacy that's already in place
0: listening to bottom of the map brought to you by W A B E N P R X. and p-r-x if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please leave a review it'll help more people find this show follow bottom of the map on your social media platforms at b-o-t-m again that's b-o-t-m pod bottom of the map is hosted by christina lee and dr regina bradley produced by floyd hall that's me edited by Stephen Key. Our executive producers are Jane Berry and Christine Dempsey. Ayanna Taylor is our project manager. Our theme music is produced by Smith and Cash. Special thanks to Mike Johns and Lois O.G. Writes. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Follow, subscribe, connect. I
2: love you, Roy.